Arrested Development goes off the air, John Travolta gets nuked, and special effects start to murder people. This week on 302010. 30-20-10 in the middle of the song for shouting 30-20-10 at the very end. Uh, this is episode 6. We're going through what happened in pop culture, movies, music, TV, games uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. <laughs> this is for February 5th through February 11th. I'm your host, Brett Elston, with uh, the usual crew, with two, a K, mind two, you. 2 never forget. <laughs> I'm Chris Antti. <laughs> Just starting it off on an intensive note. Wow, we made note. it 30 yeah. seconds with a 9-11 joke. joke. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm Henry, a little cornball Gilbert. I'm Diana, a little rock and roll Goodman. Yeah, man, I don't... Where is this going? Wait, no. Donnie and Marie weren't on the air in 86. I was talking about the cornballer from oh. Arrested Development. Oh, hang on, yes. hang on. Man. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun... For the first time in the show's history of six weeks, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this is the time when I'm looking the most forward to the 2006 segment, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, kicking off with a little bit of the news item. Ooh. I really need a news sound effect. Beep, Haley's Comet. Oh, man. So, yeah, the last time uh, Haley's Comet, this is from uh, science.nasa.gov. The last time Haley's Comet visited Earth in 1986, uh, many visitors were disappointed because the famous comet was barely visible to the naked eye. Uh, some years are better than others, such as in the year 1066. <laughs> we'll cover Ooh. that one later. What's it, like every 80 years, something like that? It's like 70-something 76, years. 76, I want to say. I remember I fell asleep because I was a little kid and I didn't get to see it. And I'm like, Mom, when's it coming by again? And she's like... Don't worry about it. You'll never. When you're, yeah. when you're 81, if you live that yeah. long. Like, yeah. Yep. That's true. You, you know. You know. Mark Twain got to see it twice. Did he oh, really? Yeah. yeah he was. He... he was born in a Halley's comet year, and he died in a Halley's comet year. Wow. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah. It's a short period comet visible from Earth every 75 to 76 years. Uh, it's the only comet uh, that is clearly visible to the naked eye from Earth, and the only naked eye comet that might appear twice in a human lifetime. It'd be awesome if it ends up destroying us. Well, and unlike the Hale Bop, it's not connected to you know ritualistic uh, suicide. Mm. Uh, yeah, this one has been uh, mostly un. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, there's a giant airplane overhead. Yeah, John, John Cessna <laughs> is back recording this <laughs> during Super Bowl weekend. Haley's uh, Comet is is pretty uneventful though. Not much. No, it's, it's really cool. To, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool neat. to look at. Yeah, and I like. I like when the world gets obsessed with a comet. I think that's the idea. We're it, gets, only... well, it gets obsessed with something bigger than itself that it can't change the the course of. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And like the whole planet can get behind yeah. it. Yeah. It's it not like matter... eclipses where like you can only see them certain places. Uh, I'll say this to you, Deanner. Mm-hmm. It's not even like the winter solstice where we argue over which, which Jesus gives us sky cake and what <laughs> thing we can observe. Uh, but everybody <laughs> observes the solstice in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, ne- the next predicted uh, pass of Haley's Comet is July 28th, 2061. So, I I refuse. Be eighty. I refuse to make it there. Be eighty. That's not doing it. It's not impossible. I don't want to be eighty. My back hurts right now. I don't (laughs) imagine what Earth will even be in twenty sixty one. But think how many seasons of Scrubs. Probably like the evening news will just be Let's Plays. I can predict it already. (laughs) Uh, That'll be great. 
If even, like, that'll be old school. Like, in 2061, kids will be like, and then in 2016, PewDiePie became the most important man in... It's time for this week's breakdown of our breakdown of our breakdown. We reacted to this reaction video by Jim Sterling's (laughs) ghost. (laughs) I think he'll still be around in 2061. Uh, He's younger than us. Uh, But, yeah, a big surprise prior to people figuring out what comments were... Uh, it was, you know, often going to be it's an omen, or we've got to mm, burn someone because there's a thing in the sky that's different from the usual things in the sky. You said but, 1066 was one, yeah. So that was an omen for the uh, the Norman invasion of Britain. Yeah, Brett, God, yeah. what mean, William the Conqueror? No, Battle of the, Hastings. The, mm. Yes, yeah. Found, foundation of uh, Britain as speaking a kind of French German instead of a kind of German. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is why you're on the show. Like, yeah, I, 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 I have to be on a wiki to read it incorrectly. I, well, I remember back then. I was seven, so I remember pretty well. Uh, okay. This one in '86. Yeah, because I was five. No, I mean in 1066. I was about seven, seven and a half. Old is what you're saying? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd had about four jokes. kids by then. And, <laughs> How many of them were kings or queens? Uh, all of them are related to kings or queens. And all of them ever are Kevin since James. The, ever since that prima nocta thing. You know. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, you don't even <laughs> joke about that. <laughs> it's a great period of our history, Chris. I don't know. It's not like, uh, what was, yeah, Hale Bop, where like, there's a lot of stuff to say. I just remember like being in kindergarten and like them, oh, we got to go make sure you go see it. And then mm-hmm. vaguely, mm-hmm. I guess I might have seen it. Whoops. Judging by how disappointed it sounds uh, from no, the write-up, we I were, guess I didn't see it. We were it. both at the age of like, when night came, we went to sleep. And that was kind of what our bodies were doing. I tried to stay up for it and I missed it. Mm-hmm. I had a 10 o'clock bedtime, like Did pretty much you? from wow. like first grade on. Because... I wouldn't oh. go to sleep. I had to be medicated till I go to bed. Thank you, Ritalin, for ruining my body. Uh, after that, uh, thank we you, have... Ritalin, for sponsoring the show and sending me tons of free samples. <laughs> Ritalin, we destroy your red blood cells. Uh, after that, for TV, uh, a, a little show called Night Court, which I don't know why I love so Yay. much. I mean, I watched, watched a million of them. Yeah, I watched it a lot. I can't help it. I think I think why I liked it as a kid. Now. It was more cartoonish than yep. anything else. In yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, but it was also the sexiest. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. John Larroquette's character alone was like constantly trying to fuck someone or fucking something. And yeah. if you were currently fucking, about to fuck, yes. And if you were, if you were a dumb kid who didn't know naked people couldn't be on television, you'd think, "Will somebody be naked? Am I going yeah. to see it?" Like if you were like seven, I absolutely remember that. Yeah, exactly. And it had the most jokes about vaginas. I think any sitcom has time at. I remember. There was a joke where one episode four women were giving birth in one episode like they were if they just overdid the preg- they had like one pregnancy episode and then they're like what if a dozen what if four women were giving birth in it and one of them said oh, i'm in pain they're like honey you can deal with it and she said you're not the one trying to get a bowling ball out of your nose i i totally remember that because i had to like, yeah, get some context for that there more doom 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 I love man that, that. It's like the first song I learned how to play on uh, guitar, even though it's all. Right, you bass. must have been the coolest kid. But I, I didn't have a horn section. <laughs> it's a great opening. I love the just freeze on the name. Yeah, yeah. Harry and a great vehicle for Harry Anderson. And Harry yeah. Anderson's story is fascinating because uh, I discovered him on reruns of SNL. He was just a magician. It's what Joel Hodson, the creator of Mystery Science Theater 2000, was doing in SNL. They were both kind of the same in the level. Bad of thing. Dick Abrosol. Oh wait, wait here. Yeah, um, but Harry Anderson is a uh, practically an orphan grifter. 
like uh, a, a street no. musician. Mm-hmm. Like that, his history is of like like just making a couple bucks and sleeping as a homeless person, and eventually rose mm-hmm. to one of the more prominent sitcom stars of the eighties. I didn't know about that until the um, uh, New WDF Orleans interview. stuff. The 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 hurricane the Katrina. Girl. Yeah, Katrina. That's Jeez. the name of it. <laughs> I think we'll talk about it more in 2006, but uh, <laughs> later. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't until he talks about all the crap he lost in New Orleans and mm-hmm. how him talking about what what horrors it did to his city. I didn't even know that was a city he was identified with. Yeah. But, so um, the clip, the, the reason you mentioned Night Court uh, for this week, better was be bull, because bull, uh, bull, called bull. We Hardly Knew Ye on February 6th, Mel Torme appears. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yes. So the character affectation of yeah. uh, Harry Anderson was that he loved Mel Torme. Are we sure this is Night? 1986. And I just want to check. This isn't in the 06 segment. Mel Torme's been dead for a while. But, uh, yeah, this is the only way as a kid I knew. I, I, it was yeah. like Mel Torme. Right. I'm like, oh, Seinfeld. the guy who's constantly referenced on Night Court. Yeah. And they, well, he was also on uh, Quackbusters. Remember no, that? No. Uh, huh? The no. Daffy Duck. Yeah, the Ghostbusters yeah. Tunes thing? The, where in the opening cartoon, Daffy Duck had like a perfume atomizer and when he used it on his mouth it gave him the the voice of Mel Torme. Or do you remember the Seinfeld episode where Kramer has too much Novocaine and everybody thinks he's meh <laughs> and he's being introduced by Mel Torme That's as the bravest person alive. Pretty hilarious scene. I <laughs> that, Could but. not do it on television now. So the joke uh, is that Mel Torme can't... Uh, Harry wants to meet Mel Torme but Mel Torme keeps missing him. They never even share a scene in this episode. It was only like Three episodes, or like seasons later, that Mel Torme came back again and would uh, finally get to meet Harry Anderson. But it just turned in this character affectation for him. I thought it was a good so, occasion. So there's some clip here, I guess, when this happens. Yeah. <laughs> now he's listening. He I puts need somebody. Mel Torme. That's uh, on his earphones. On his very 80s headphones off of a Walkman. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Excuse me. I need somebody. I got these two lunatics chasing me. Oh. <laughs> Everybody here is nuts. <laughs> He almost got to meet his hero, but he put on headphones and didn't get to... It was just an example of, again, the cartoonish, like, Mm. Scooby-Doo level almost. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. The premise of the show is, like, it's a court and it's It's all the the weird cases that just come up and then two weirdos... That's also why, as a kid, it works so well, because it's like, I don't have to follow a lot of, like... How does how does yeah. Stephanie Tanner feel for the whole episode? It's like, well, no. Here's two weirdos who have a funny gag, and then guilty. You, I thought Richard you know. Mole's bull was the funniest oh, thing yeah. I'd ever seen, yeah. and it yeah. totally yeah. isn't. He was- and it's funny. Not, what? He was also a cartoon character. Like he had Hulk strength a yeah. lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. True. To. And it was also looking back on it, it was a great showcase for comedians at the time. It's yeah. Just like, mm-hmm. Oh, Michael Richards is on this episode. Well, yeah. You got to have so many, uh, you know, people getting arrested. For a one joke. You'd be like, you know? I was, I was just showing her my penis as a way of thank you. And I don't uh, know if any of you connected to it through this means. We didn't have a lot of TV in my household. Period. But we go on vacation. To only the mountains and the beach. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a television that only had broadcast antenna waves. So for some reason on weekends at 3 in the afternoon was like always, always in every state a night court marathon in the late yep. 80s. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, oh, his, and Brent Spiner was a regular on the show too. Well, he became Dana? a regular on. Yep. He was uh, a hillbilly dude who then ended up buying the newsstand. And uh, yeah, it, it's very strange to see him. I only saw him in the reruns after I knew him as Data. And he also, speaking of Star Trek, he, his son Tracy Torme worked on the first and second seasons of Next Generation and like uh, the Big Goodbye episode one at Peabody, and I think he either directed it or wrote it. Wow! wow. So 
I really want him to be named Tyler Torme for some Tyler reason. Tyler <laughs> Yeah, it's I. It's just a little aside about Night Court. It was a good show. Get totes, it, totes. Yep. Yeah, you it's can a, probably get the whole nine seasons for whatever's. In I the went to Costco and bought the complete series for no reason other than that it was twelve fucking dollars. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Actually, one other thing I wanted to talk and about. I, I immediately got buyer's remorse. Popped it in like this is the greatest thing I've ever done yeah. for myself. Yeah. Like, well, it's it's such it's, a good show. It's you know I'm actually want to compare it to Seinfeld in a way, mm-hmm. in that you've got a comedian at the center surrounded by extremely Great talented actors. character yeah. actors. Yeah. yeah, John Larroquette won multiple Emmys for yeah. that role. He killed and, it as Dan. But uh, oh, the I Thirty Rock had a bit like a <laughs> oh, yeah. almost there. Almost did we edit that together? <laughs> Thirty Rock had 30 a bit rock. where the by, <laughs> Thirty Rock had, the, uh, had a joke episode where to uh, satisfy Jack McBrayer's character, they filmed a true finale for Night Court because oh, he didn't yeah. really get one. Mm-hmm. So. Harry Anderson, Marky Post, and I believe Laura Kett, or was it? No, no the black um, guy. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking uh, on his name. Shit, sorry. I love, sorry, the I black love. guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they, they filmed... Grizz yeah. or .com? No. They, they, filmed, <laughs> they filmed a true finale for right, it. Which where was, they which, get married. Yep. As as they you would have expected on any NBC show, which is always, they're all built around well, they won't they. Also this week, uh, SNL was hosted by Ronnie Reagan. Ronnie Reagan. Ronnie. Uh, it, very I have no clips because it's garbage. I got a clip of it. Oh, did it? Yeah. You haven't lived till you've hyperventilated on live television. Because I just want to try something here. I want to see a show of hands. How many people here think that I was asked to host Saturday Night Live because I'm a new contributing editor with Playboy magazine? <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Okay. Now, how many people here think that I was asked to host the show because my father's the president of the United States. That's what I thought. It's it's one of the weirdest yeah. monologues ever because I remember every piece of it and I went and found it. It's on NBC.com. It's the only clip from that episode. Yeah, movie. so it wasn't Ronald Reagan. It's his son. It's his son, it's his son, Ron, son. Ron Jr. It's his oh. son who at the time was pretty notable. And this is... Well, he's, in, a, he's been a very liberal soul all the time. Yeah, this is important yeah. because it's... A, it's as if like the Bush twins or the Obama children somehow hosted SNL Don't while their worry. parents were sitting in office. I my rep and Ronnie Reagan tape. Ooh. Always makes the trip go faster. It's so sad we lived through all of his presidency, and that's my best memory of Ronald Reagan. I just I couldn't resist. <laughs> you know something? He did say well a lot. <laughs> um, but, but Ron Reagan was uh, a noted uh, lefty, while yeah. his father was in office and very outspoken about that, and he was made... Dude, I thought I thought when I remember this clip, he was EIC of Playboy. He is a contributing editor, and we all know what that means now. <laughs> there was no reason for him to be hosting SNL other than him being the president's son. Yeah, yeah. And they brought, and it was it was also eighty six is an awful year of SNL. Like, was Randy really Quaid doing uh, Ronnie at that point? Again, like none of this, these clips exist. I just saw the reruns in Comedy Central in like ninety four. Yeah, so I remembered it very well. <sighs> but it's just not SNL when they have a guest who is not an actor, like say Wayne Gretzky. They at least will have a good cast around them to mm-hmm. support them, but they didn't even have that. Like it's a bad production, and they have Ron Reagan there, he, who's not an actor. More interesting because we're all SNL experts here. Uh, he is he the, the, that's his one joke. There are there's one more joke, and it's a four minute monologue. Oof. And the second mm-hmm. joke is who do you think is the most important 
uh, second most important person in America. And I have never seen the audience of SNL actively heckle and sh- and like yell at the host. You have never heard that before. It didn't sound good in audio, but like we he shouldn't have he asked. can't he shouldn't have asked, and he keeps trying to get through his monologue, and it's it's filled with stunted and stops like you've heard there, like yeah. long pauses because he's not a comic. Uh, yeah. But he eventually got his own show. <laughs> What? Uh, the Ron Reagan show, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like a talk show? Yeah, in like 1991. not gay, apparently. No, but like, I think there was something around there where it's like he did some ballet or dance or something, yeah, and they were like, very, oh, he's so fruity. Uh-huh. And he's, I still see him in ads for uh, some atheist group. Really? Yeah, still, yeah. so I guess uh, he's still a lefty. I prefer him to be a, like a born-again Christian than a fucking atheist. It's I, I was looking into Jesus. it, and I felt kind of bad for the guy because he's the kind of person the left latched onto for the hit the right took by him being on board mm-hmm. so he's kind of forced to weigh in on all these lefty issues just because who his dad is yeah yep. uh, for music this week uh, strangely John Lennon's live in New York City uh, even though he died six years in before 1980 <clears throat> yeah uh, done with Yoko Ono supervision and uh, a note for a note about this album uh, the concerts documented on live in New York City were Lennon's only rehearsed and full length live performance in his solo career really oh. uh, released this week in February 1986. Uh, number one song for music is still That's What Friends Are For because Boo. it keeps coming up. Uh, a great song. Moving right along. Not that's, not a, that's not a Sesame Street. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was trying to goad you Muppet with Sesame. Movie. There you go. Uh, movies Down and Out in Beverly Hills is still number one. We talked about it mm-hmm. at great length last episode. Yes. Perhaps too long. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, it was fine. Uh, also out this week was Hannah and Her Sisters, a yep. Woody Allen something. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it's a rebound for Woody Allen because mm-hmm. he started out doing all straight comedies. How many rebounds did he get in a season? <laughs> You'd have to ask uh, him at the Knicks you, games he goes to all the time. If you, can, if you, I'm, I'm sorry. If you consider I, his life a season, he has rebounded like 16 times. Yeah. Like he, yes. he, makes like, he makes one movie a year, always has, yeah. most of them bad. Yeah, for like <laughs> almost 50 years now. Yes. It's craziness. So, starts with straight comedies, then he decides, I'm a serious filmmaker, and I love Ingmar Bergman. Let's make Bergman-esque family dramas. Yep. And some of them are good, if you like that sort of thing. Like Interiors. Or- like Interiors or September, uh, or Another Woman. And then uh, he's kind of moved back. This is sort of a, a... There's a lot more comedy in Hannah and Her Sisters. Mm-hmm. And... Really good performances. Michael Caine won an Oscar for it. He deserved Michael it. Michael Caine. He's cool. Um, yeah, it's Daniel Stern. Too. Daniel Stern I, pops up as a rock star. That's pretty fun. I had a dumb because I think I was watching. I walked into my friend's house and their parents are watching this as they record it from HBO. And I'm sitting there staring like this is so dirty, the <laughs> dirtiest thing I've ever heard. And like, can I borrow this? And they're like. You're fucking six. No, <laughs> no I'm, not, I'm not six. It's like it's a couple of years later, and like, no, no, let me borrow this. I want to watch it with my family. And then they they gave me a okay, fine. And they like did it like a fucking switcheroo. Here's the uh, tape, and I went home and put it on. It was Baby, the Secret of the Lost Legend. Here's gay men having sex. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. And Tom, here's you guys in the Wicked Scepter sketch from Mr. Show. <laughs> well, also this uh, so, we won't wait, be able to talk about. It, I guess so what, the last episode. What did you What did you think was dirty about? Just because everyone's cheating on everyone yeah. else, but there's, I mean, for almost 40 years there was never any swearing or nudity in Woody Allen movies yeah well I think there was some something involved if I'm not mistaken something hitting like people being hit but like it was like I was young and it was like I'd never seen people interact this way before and I was intrigued and I start watching it and clearly the parents are getting uncomfortable with me but they shouldn't have been watching it in the middle of the day like with kids coming <laughs> over did you guys know this film has not one but two actors who were in Star Wars Episode 7 
I did not know that. Gary, Max Vancito? Carrie Fisher and Max Vancito. Ooh, I yeah. guessed that. I guessed that. So my problem with rewatching some Woody Allen movies now is just like, especially this one, it's got me and Pharaoh in it, and just seeing mm. like it just makes me uncomfortable thinking about. Yeah. Even well, if and, he technically didn't do anything illegal, which I'd still. I just put your know. daughter in the contract. I thought you read it. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I, part, I'm part of close spaces. Yeah, and and part of the. Part of like her part of the story is that she's got like a whole bunch of kids and keeps wanting to adopt more. Mm-hmm. And Michael Caine's getting sick of it and ends up fucking her sister. Yeah. It's Oof. like this yeah. is coming a little close. To me. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yep. Yeah. No, that's well. That's the funny thing that uh, Woody Allen. I think when you ask him, says, "Oh, this is never autobiographical." But every film, it absolutely is always mm. autobiographical in one level. And that's also what made me uncomfortable. With, like. When Blue Jasmine came out, that was after Mia Farrow had come back into the news saying, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, fuck you, Woody Allen. And then what's Blue Jasmine about? A crazy lady. A crazy lady who needs to get her shit together. Like, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a way more interesting movie. Uh, I recommend this... it, though. You do? Even if, like... I'll watch it if you say it's so. It's kind of a primer on Woody Allen, uh, not straight comedies, like uh, Sleeper or Bananas or something like that. Uh, it's, oh, it's, a good, Western it's a good God. middle of the road one. Mm. But funny and sad and sweet. I like it. Also, this week is Lady Jane with Carrie Elways and what? Helena Bonham Carter. I'm wanted. like the only person on earth who Never has seen this, this movie. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was into Ren Fairs and shit, and she ended up <laughs> showing me this movie. It's about uh, Lady Jane Grey, who's the nine day queen between Queen Mary and Queen Elizabeth I. Mm. Uh, they tried to sweep in with this plan, and so it's Helena Bonham Carter, and Carrie Elways plays her husband. and... It's very romantic, and I think everyone gets you killed. Listen, you can hear me getting gayer as long the longer it, Diana talks. It looks like a BBC <laughs> I mean, miniseries or something. It's a it's learned fine. behavior, Chris. I can't <laughs> it's uh, fine. This is one of the weird vi- movies I remember seeing in video stores. Mm-hmm. Like right. I, I recognize Lady Jane and not the Lady J from GI Joe. Yeah, but and Carrie always being on a like I, there's some it's triggering some memory, but I don't remember what. Just the idea of wandering 80s video stores mm. it seems like such a lost thing anymore I mean obviously yeah. it is yeah. the important cares? thing is I believe Patrick Stewart's in it oh. so there you go I like think you, he's wearing a rug too which yeah. is always fun to see oh, he, had a, he had a particular uh, toupee that he would wear um, and then when he was auditioning for Picard a year later well I guess he probably might have auditioned this year they had to fly it out to him from London <laughs> because he's like, oh, you better not go in there bald because they're not going to like you. And so he's like, all right. So it has to be flown via individual jet or whatever. So after um, that, he became openly bald, though. Well, yeah. because then out of the bald closet. Because then they let him just try. He's like, actually, bring him back in here. Take the toupee off. Just do it normally. And he was way better at it. Anyway, uh, the big movie out this week that Chris oh. can't wait. Yay. It's so cool. Is FX, FX is cool. Murder like, by Illusion. Murder by They've Illusion. They've been threatening to remake it for a while. They, sh- they which should. Which tells they, you it's worth watching. It is mm, the perfect, probably. like, I don't know. Like, you can totally see how this movie came into existence. Blah, 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 blah. We were just doing Talking Sim. And I remember when, when I was started watching things on Fox, they showed a commercial for FX2, a yeah. movie, a sequel to a movie I've never in my life well, I always of. knew FX the series. Yes. On what channel was it? Was it USA, I'm going to guess? Feels like a USA production. Totally. Yes. Uh, but it, FX, a movie starring Brian Dennehy and an Australian man <laughs> Brian named Brown. Brian Brown. I've never heard of. Good old Brian Dennehy. He, man. He, oh, you pop, he pops up a lot. He's, in, but he's, he's the, the guy in Cocktail. He's the big he was star. In and, and like, and I he's the star. I can tell weird. you what the movie's about, but the clip. Uh, pretty emphasizes that pretty well. So the point is that FX, the guy, the main star of the movie, it, the, the main star of the movie is uh, makeup's special effects master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with this clip, this is what the movie is. Have you ever heard of the Witness Relocation Program? 
Can't say I have, no. Well, basically, it involves people who testify for the government in exchange for protection. We give them new identities, set them up in different cities. Milk? Sugar? Uh, milk. No sugar, thanks. I did a movie like that once. This guy sees a murder. Yeah, I'd, like to hear, I'd like to hear about that. I really would, but... We have Nicholas DeFranco in custody. The mob guy. Read about yeah, him. Yeah, and he's ready to testify for us if we can keep him alive that long. Yeah, well, good luck. Well, we know for a fact that a contract's been put out on his life. So we figure the, the best thing to do is to make them believe that he's dead. There you go. We want to stage a fake assassination, Raleigh. We want to do it in public, and we want you to supervise it. <laughs> You're crazy. Look, I mean, I wasn't just flattering you here, you know. I know how good you are. I know you could pull it off. I didn't say I couldn't pull it off. Well, just direct it for me. Supervise it. <laughs> I know, I'm fabulous. Christ, you've seen too many movies. It is one of the most... I feel like his acting is terrible. Oh, it's you've one seen of the most, too many movies. It's mm-hmm. one of the most wonderful 80s movies. Lots of great character, character actors mm-hmm. giving way sure. over-the-top performances. Sure. Shot in New York, and it's about a Hollywood effects guy mm-hmm. who teams up with the government. Mm-hmm. There's a big turn. Jerry Orbach is the guy he's assigned to kill from yeah, Law and yeah. Order. Love Jerry uh, Orbach. Brian Dennehy and, and Brian Brown share no scenes together until the end, which <clears throat> leads into a sequel, which I am fascinated to see what the hell that deals with, uh, <laughs> because that it's a weird extension of the so film. So the idea is he's going to like you know practical effects a man to yes. death well and, it, and make they're going to stage a murder in public sure. using Hollywood trickery right uh, so if make... they remake it I wonder what <laughs> awful Transformers level machinery <laughs> will fly through there and every um, Instead of just nobody does physical effects yeah, anymore. It's like, so yeah, but even we can't find anyone who can do makeup. Even their physical effects are like so on the Mission Impossible level. As anybody's face can be anybody. I gotta hide from the cops. I'm gonna make myself look homeless with what I have in me pockets. And like, it, it's a subway rapper. But it's so fucking a uh, really fun eighties movie. Yeah. A really fun eighties movie. But Trailer. Which coming uh, an Orion picture? Yes. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, the hits keep coming. Great special effects. But now somebody wants Raleigh Tyler to do it for real. We want to stage a fake assassination, Raleigh, and we want you to supervise it. Who's the we? Justice Department. I'm a special effects man. I deal in make believe. I'd like to keep it like that. We just thought that we might be able to utilize your particular genius to help us out. And so, what? How, so how does this so, actually play out in the in, movie? In, in the article, I see it uh, attributed to uh, special effects guy John Steers. But did you see the movie Argo? Yes. Uh, the movie Argo, John Goodman plays John Chambers. John Chambers is actually the guy who created Spock's ears in the Planet of the Apes makeup. And he was brought on board to work with the government in order to stage things like this. Wow. That was not disclosed until a couple of years ago. So it's my belief ah. that this is based on the work of special effects artist John oh, Chambers. Interesting. Did you uh, know Marvel Comics artist Jack Kirby also worked on Argo? Yeah, no, he made yeah. the art. He made yep. the art for Argo. and like, But I just think that kind of shit is fascinating. It's it's a The Ben Affleck it's movie? A, uh yeah, the Ben Affleck movie art. Jack Kirby, the work? real life version. The real, oh, okay. yes, the real life. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> because if you if you didn't see Argo, yeah, they had to manufacture, make it look like a real production. Right. So Jack Kirby drew the art for the I film, oh, and, right, uh, right, right, and a real special effects guy was brought on board to make it look like no, we're not just going over yeah, to yeah, Iran yeah. Huh. Uh, to stage a mission. That's crazy. It's a movie, <laughs> uh, but th- that's but you would say do watch. But that, that was. This is I don't see this credited with the movie very often because this was under wraps until a few years ago that John Chambers was involved in the um what, what was the the conflict called an Argo Iran Iran the, Iranian the, hostage the hostage thing yeah the Iranian Iranian hostage situation but this movie is great it's all shot in New York it is gorgeous Brian Dennehy as the fat gray haired star is hysterical <laughs> he uh, what ends up happening is the FX artist the the guy ended up who contracted him to create the scene. No, you 
fuck you, dude. You actually just shot Jerry Orbach in the face in, in public in front of everyone using your real face, and now you're going to take the hit. And on the run, he's on the run from the gov- the corrupt government. Uh, teams up with Brian Dennehy as a cop at the end, and they uh, they steal Jerry Orbach's money. Uh, it's it's great. <laughs> You'll totally enjoy this movie. That's my favorite Comedy Central game show, by the way. <laughs> steal, steal Jerry Orbach's yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, the show is is like the the show focuses on a special effects. <laughs> The wiki says special effects man. <laughs> not like, you know, uh, editor. Not a woman. Well, not editor or any special effects man in New York who assists a detective in capturing criminals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does that premise sustain two seasons of a show? Two seasons? Well, apparently wow. at the end of the first season, uh, he's killed. <laughs> and replaced with someone else. Uh, wow. Someone asked for more money. That's yeah. cable. Yeah, that's cable production. Like, hello, oh, this guy wanted more money. To kill him. Who cares? Uh, you can't watch it anymore. So it was released no, even this in Canada only, I guess. Even this movie is hard to find. It is available on an out-of-print DVD on Amazon. It is not available to rent, stream, uh, wow. anywhere. Aww. I saw it. But taking us um, out of the 80s, yeah. since this wraps up 1986 for us, uh, you mentioned uh, the, Ooh, this uh, Imagine, the Imagine's Just an Illusion. Just an Illusion. So uh, we'll play a little bit of this jam, and uh, when we come back, we'll do some 1996... Mm-hmm. Movies, music, TV, and games. So we'll be back in a minute. Thirty twenty tenors. This is Cheap Podcast. Dave Rudden uh, with a brand new break segment for Thirty Twenty Ten. Before I get to the meat of this segment, let me just tell you that uh, there's plenty of great shows on the Laser Time Network to check out. There's the Pop Culture Mothership Laser Time Cape Crisis, which is a uh, the ultimate guide to comic books and the moving pictures that they inspire. The Video Game Music Showcase, VG Empire. Talking Simpsons, which is the episodic guide to our favorite family. Video Game Apocalypse, which is our uh, video game goof-em-up show. And, of course, my show, Cheap Podcast, which takes a weekly look at pro wrestling's uh, modern goings-on, as well as classic stuff. Uh, And on that note, let's move on to what is sure to be Diana Goodman's least favorite part of 302010, the 302010 of wrestling. In 1986, on February 7th, TBS's first ever primetime wrestling show aired called NWA's Superstars on the Superstation. That organization would later become WCW. On February 8th, in WWE, Macho Man Randy Savage won the Intercontinental Championship from Tito Santana, a a championship he would go on to hold for over a year into WrestleMania 3. In 1996, on the February 5th episode of WCW Monday Nitro, Macho Man Randy Savage, there he is again, would bring valet Nancy Sullivan to the ring for his match against Nancy Sullivan would turn against Randy Savage and align herself with and the Four Horsemen, uh, a series of events that would lead her to eventually marry and then die by his hand. On the February 5th edition of Monday Night Raw, WWE Commissioner Gorilla Monsoon would give up his post and assign it to Rowdy Roddy Piper, who would hold on to that position for a couple months, eventually culminating in a WrestleMania 12 match. And in 2006, on the February 10th edition of WWE SmackDown, 
There's that guy again. Won contendership for the United States Championship, a title that he would later win. And also on that episode, Paul Burchill was repackaged as a Johnny Depp-like pirate, a gimmick that got him over, but Vince McMahon nixed because he hadn't seen the movie. If you want even more historical WWE reference, listen to Cheap Podcast every week and subscribe to the Patreon for Laser Time where we have bi-weekly wrestling match commentaries including classic stuff from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, bi-weekly comic book TV show commentaries, weekly movie commentaries, and our weekend review show bonus time. That's patreon.com slash laser time. And now back to, I don't know, some non-wrestling stuff on 302010. See ya! Street Fighter? A Street Fighter's mother? No! How about the Crimson Cruiser with Championship Edition M. Bison and Speak Smiling Missiles? It's not as tough as Championship Edition Guile going boom in a sonic boom tank. Or the Beast Blaster. It comes with Championship Edition Blanca and Chun Lee and fires double double missiles. Street Fighter 2! Capcom Street Fighter 2, Sonic Boom Tank, Crimson Cruiser, and Beast Blaster come with Championship Edition Vigor. Eat so separately. That's a lot of stuff. Coming back in with a little Adon's theme from Ooh. Street Fighter Alpha. Yeah. Which on the games section uh, for 1996, February 7th, PS1 version of Street Fighter Alpha came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excuse uh, me, I would call it Street Fighter Zero. Well, not in Japan, so it's not called that. Uh, oh, so Fighter, it was out a year ago. It was also out in the fucking 30s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Alpha came out finally... On PS1, so getting it on a home platform, didn't come to Super NES, which was kind of a, a, a thing at the time because Street Fighter 2 was so synonymous at the time with, like, that's how, outside of the arcade, everyone played it on Super Nintendo, uh, whether it was World Warriors or Turbo or mm-hmm. Super, uh, but Alpha, as most of you probably already know, it's the prequel, so it's a younger Ryu, it takes place between 1 and 2, it, you get some of the returning Street Fighter 1 cast... Some of the returning Street Fighter Birdie. 2 cast. You get people like Birdie. You get Adon. You get Guy. Uh, and then they hit each other. And then they punch each other. Uh, I don't know. But it just had that... that Everyone looked a little bit more fresh-faced. That had a lot more anime style. A lot of more mm. flourishes to the overall presentation. Yeah. It felt uh, like while Capcom was figuring out whatever Street Fighter 3 would be, they just get to make these safer prequels. Well, yeah. safe as in like fun. there's no stakes, but they're super pretty and fun and like they're so I, I don't know well and by three from a storytelling standpoint they just throw up their hands like look bison's here who fucking cares like it's bison <laughs> yeah alpha three i mean is like yeah. it's just yeah it's it's, it's everyone charlie from, and Guy. it's everyone from two and everyone from alpha just all in a big party and alpha three is great for that but <laughs> well, i say- love alpha one because it's just so it's it's so simple by mm-hmm. by comparison it's just like this there's a limited mm-hmm. cast Music is great. Uh, Iso the, back- the backgrounds, like the backgrounds you get to see beautiful. those, mu- like when people do those murals of sprite, but intermediate yeah, backgrounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is beautiful. Yeah, the Alpha series in general just looks great, and, 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 and we a lot were... of that comes from the '90s anime style that yeah. was really prevalent, but not seen in a lot of games. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. we we both had the, the the luxury of working for Capcom. Remember that one day we found like. 
There's like a box of long box PS1 Street Fighter Alphas yeah. in the wrapping. Yeah, and still I, I still have one on my mantle. Um, yeah, I still have mine from when this came out because uh, I was long it, box. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, because it was. I mean, I I was waiting because at this point, as you've probably noticed from following along in the show, not a lot of games have come out so far in 1996. No. We can finally talk about games. So it was exciting because I was like, do I want to get Darkstalkers or do I want to get Street Fighter Alpha? Because these were the two new fighting games from Capcom. And after playing so much 16-bit fighting games, I'm like, oh, now I can finally get the first 32-bit one. What should it be? And I didn't really... I, Darkstalkers interested me from a monster perspective, mm-hmm. but like, I think it came out... Well, it must have come out later. And I, I got Alpha first, and by the time Darkstalkers came out, I'm like, well, I don't have money you mean twice. Vampire Savior. No, I don't. That's not what it's called here, so that's not the point. Uh, also, out this week in Japan only, though, was Bahamut Lagoon, uh, the what? Final Fantasy spinoff. Uh, a lot of the same people who I made, hadn't heard of this either. Man. Who made? Uh, you never heard of Bahamut Lagoon? I feel embarrassed. I haven't, huh. but I'm sorry. But it's, it's kind of a famous. I feel no shame. It's kind of a famous game that never came here. Mm. It's one of those weird, like in all the porting and bringing mm. things over. Mm. It's like. Really? Because it's a lot of like Sakaguchi. A lot of people involved in Final Fantasy worked on this. Well, it's uh, pre-FF7, yeah. so it's in a weird realm. Meaningless. But uh, it's tied to Front Mission in that it never really came out over here. The <laughs> first Front Mission. And then Front Mission 3 came to the U.S. in 2000. Yep. But Bahamut Lagoon has always been this one game that it's like, of all the franchises you have and all the games and all the things that have been re-released and ported and Wii U Virtual Console, it's... It's one of those... It's not in the same conversation as things like Mother and Mother mm-hmm. 3, but it's still... Eh, it's it's an interesting game that never made it over here. What, what is that first word again? Bahamut. Bahamut. <laughs> it's a dragon. Okay. It's a, it's a, a big a, dragon who does Mega Flare, and he's true. a really cool summon to unlock, and he's the your most best dragon. friend. <laughs> he's like, he's like the, the king of... Mo- he's got like infinity fireballs. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Um, for movies this month, or for movies this week, uh, Beautiful Girls... Yeah, actually, I feel like I haven't seen this, but everybody is in it. Every actor is in it. It's like a Woody Allen movie, a film that wishes it was a Woody Allen movie. But the only reason I've heard of it recently was because on uh, Cracked, they Mm -hmm. mentioned films that were, they had a list of like films that it was weird we were okay with this and now look very strange. And uh, it's a film about a dude who's... Tra- it's called Beautiful Girls because it's about men's relationships with women and all that stuff. And women. Natalie Portman is in it. And she's okay. uh, 12. And this is her hot off the heels of uh, Leon the Professional. And okay. her character is written as an old soul who Uh-oh. is uh, has the like emotionality of a woman in her 30s and knows all these references. Mm-hmm. And she really likes the male character in the film and he's like i'm sorry we can't be together but he, he kind of makes it clear it's only her age he's like society societal <laughs> norms is why we can't be together uh, we gotta wait a few years and she just like sorry, cries. it's like why can't we have sex now I'm sorry, she doesn't say that exactly. uh but this, this is directed by the late great ted demi mm-hmm. yeah uh, it has yeah. everybody in it uma thurman rosie o'donnell is in it yeah. um natalie portman was very uh she was very broken up on the death of ted but it's, demi, it's written by is the person who you have the name of the person who wrote it written by scott rosenberg yeah so scott rosenberg had written like several dozen big budget action films and this was his own personal break of like Mm -hmm. i am sick of writing these major hollywood films and this is the small movie that he wrote about 
people having yeah. problems in their 30s will not be remarkable today had a fucking fantastic alternative I'm guessing like mostly Afghan wig songs um, and I'm, well, I'm not even joking I'm pretty no, sure that's who's on the soundtrack it was, uh, it was distributed by Miramax and it just feels mm-hmm. like one of those Miramax factory indie films they're like mm-hmm. hey let's put out like 80 of these and maybe this will get nominated for an Oscar fucking and then uh, we'll it's, see if the acting is we'll we need to get that sound clip because Miramax has come up in like fucking the last three Miramax. episodes well 96 yeah, is going their, to a lot their golden era really yeah. oh, we're going to get to one era. in like two weeks so Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, like almost their breakthrough. Right. But yeah, it's just very weird now. The see, at least the the Natalie Portman thing is the only thing people mentioned about it. And yes, you are correct. Uh, Afghan wigs. Chris oh, Isaac knew it. Ween. Actually, there's two Afghan wig songs on the soundtrack. Knew it. Uh, Kiss the theme song. Beautiful Kiss, girls. Kisses Beth as well. Mm-hmm. And then there were some other songs not included on the tra- soundtrack, like Lou Reed's "Walk on the Wild Side." I love that song. <laughs> But what's the other movie that came out this week? That uh, much most, more if you had HBO, you saw a thousand I, times. I saw this in the theaters. <laughs> oh, yes. A uh, big movie this year. We got ourselves a broken arrow. That's what we call it when we lose a nuclear weapon. My former commander is trying to steal me. He's dangerous. He's trying to kill me. Well, that doesn't mean I don't like you. He's unpredictable. Ugh. You the man. I'm the man. No. If I press this button, the Southwest will be a quiet neighborhood for about 10,000 years. He's unstoppable. You're out of your mind. Ain't it cool? Uh, that was twirling a mustache. Hang on, hang on. Everywhere. Talked over the names. John Travolta, Christian Slater, uh, Broken Arrow. Howie Long, I believe, Howie was also Long. in the movie, too. Football player. Football player, after. sports commentator. Yeah. Got his no, own that, movie after this. Firestorm. This, this Jimmy Stewart Western took a really weird turn. <laughs> I love this. I Sorry, really there's, there is a Jimmy Stewart Western called Broken Arrow. I uh, really did love this film when it came out, and I didn't even know. This terrible. was before I became... A Hong Kong action junkie and mm-hmm. loves John Woo. Yeah. I, I saw this was probably the first actually no, it's not the first John Woo film I saw. The first John oh, Woo film mine's I worse. saw Hard Targets. That my yeah. dad took me to the theater oh, like yeah. this John yep. Woo guy, I've I've dude, you don't know anything about him yet, you're gonna love this. The movie's hilarious and weird and he punches a snake to death. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is the second one of those where it's uh Christian Slater is just not ready to what? be on the level of, of Do- John Travolta. Well, John Travolta is on the up in his career. This mm-hmm. is post Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Christian Slater's going down. Yeah, it was weird. Like, because I, I remember seeing commercials for this all the time. This mm-hmm. at this point in '96, mm-hmm. and it was like touted as like he had done Pulp Fiction, but now it's like, man, John Travolta is back, everybody, yep. and here he is being a villain in a movie, and it's like. Even now, it's like if you can get a good villain role in a movie, yeah. your whole career can like turn yeah. around. Yeah, totally. So it's like, but god damn it, the lines in this. If play that, play like, that clip I have. Ain't on it there. cool? I'm, well, a, I'm one of the, I'm one of the bad guys. You're out of your mind. Ain't it cool? That that is I, having read Harry Knowles' biography. <laughs> this is the namesake of Ain't It Cool News. That's he, what? Oh my god! He literally. You're out of your mind. Ain't it cool? It's it's wow. he had just seen this movie. He's just starting working in a news group, and he's like, I don't know. I think that line's great, so I'm going to make this the site called. That Ain't is the cool most news. '90s line yep. of all time. Yep, yeah. like summarize that that flippin' delivery with yep. man. Do you know how reverent I am? I don't care that you made fun of me. But also in the '90s ways, it's Ain't celebrating it. '70s nostalgia by having John Travolta That's say true. it, which yeah. is also very. Mid-90s. I know, man. Ain't it on fleet? I know. I'm, I'm expecting him <laughs> to immediately break into a song, a song from Greece, though. Yeah. Ain't it cool? Uh, <laughs> and I got chills. <laughs> Look, 
I'm not saying it's great, but it's it's a compact little action film that like starts with a neat boxing scene and they fight each other. And it's about Watch a, FX. Uh, the line, <laughs> yeah. the line, Broken Arrow. There's a great line where they say, "Was it's called Broken Arrow? We have a term for this when you when a nuclear bomb gets stolen." And yeah. also, <clears throat> the scene where they're shooting it. Uh, Christian Slater steals it back at one point, and then Howie Long starts shooting at him, and then uh, John Travolta says. Can you please stop shooting at the thermonuclear device? And this has a great final moment where I guess I think it's his death scene where he like an, an obvious dummy yeah. being <laughs> smashed between the wall or whatever. Like I've never seen this beginning to end, but I, I just keep watching that clip yeah. over and over again. It's, hey, compared to it's a it's the most high octane thrill ride compared to most nineteen ninety six. Well, considering films. Black Sheep was the week before and White Ugh, Squall, yeah. it's like I, of course I'll go see Broken Arrow. Well, and you, uh, this shows you the faith they had. In in, uh, in John Woo then this was kind of like proving John Woo could make a Hollywood film he would get much the more extravagant time. in the sequel sure. or, well not the sequel Follow but up. spiritual it is a spiritual sequel that brought yeah. back Travolta Face, face Off, off. Uh, budget of 55 million made 150 million yeah. number one good. for a couple weeks um, uh, I, one note on the wiki which is pretty great uh, the review of this movie on Siskel and Ebert in the movies Represents the only time where Ebert convinced Siskel to change his mind about the judgment of the film. Wow. What? Which way do you think they went? Up. Down. Siskel initially gave the film a thumbs up. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ebert argued him to change it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, it is, I don't know. I, just maybe because I lived through this era, this is a thoroughly forgettable movie to me that I, I didn't not, even like at the time. Sure. It's not great, Mm-mm. but. Uh, Moving on into TV, uh, we have what the fuck is Second Noah? <laughs> so, what? what if Dawson's Creek was a little more religious than had James Marsden in it? I think like, it might uh, go a little something yeah. like this. Uh, no, it's hard to find many clips of it. Nobody, nobody cares about it, but it was just it was the show Second Noah, and uh, it was about a dad who owns a zoo it's kind of we bought a zoo yeah, as a Jesus tv show Christ. uh now i, I remember it. okay only, second no the only thing that's particularly memorable about uh, now is that james marsden was the hunky oldest son in the show and cyclops he, yep. cyclops himself he was the hunky son Compo- of, of 30 rock fame composer <laughs> yeah. of uh, velocity 2x uh, soundtrack <laughs> what it's it, a different james marsden and uh, he like his girlfriend and at least in the pilot his girlfriend was joey lauren adams uh, mm. who would yeah. soon be in i'm chasing amy yeah. Uh, Wait, no, it's not her. Chase no. and Chase the story. Oh, I mean, she. Yes, fine. So you wrote here. Uh, it was filmed in Tampa around Bush <laughs> Gardens. That's why it was ah. canceled. So it was on ABC, and they filmed it in Bush Gardens because they need. It's a zoo. Like they cut a yeah. film at a place with. with Disney did not have Animal Kingdom at the time in the they Orlando did. Resort. And so then, in the second season of uh, Noah, of Second Noah. ABC is bought by Disney, and then it they're went like, to multiple We're... seasons. Yeah, I've and, never heard of this. And so when they get bought by Disney, they and they don't have Animal Kingdom to film in, they say, "Well, you're not filming in our competitor, so get out of here." <laughs> yes, all of TGIF just went to Disneyland. You cannot be an exception. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> We're going to Universal, uh, <laughs> but also uh, this week, Home Improvement Vasectomy One. What? The vasectomy one, the home improvement episode, February, February sixth. So, a uh, quick intro to this, like, well, you know, if you don't know home improvement, it was the vehicle of Tim Allen, comedian, and more power. Uh, 
Howard. Mm. That was a great invitation, right? Uh, <laughs> Back to jail. Was me. The room. Can, can you believe? Can you believe that he has a sitcom that's still on TV now and has passed a hundred episodes? Like that. That, that sitcom, was absolutely his shocking. revival sitcom is still on. How much money is he making for a show nobody watches? <laughs> Somebody's watching it. So. Do we know the name of it? Grandpas everywhere love it. Grandpas yeah. everywhere is a great show for Tim. <laughs> yeah. I think it's called like a man on a mission or men <laughs> man in the world. Well, wait, a hundred episodes. How many seasons is that? Four, four, oh, yeah, four, sure. five. But it's syndication numbers, baby. Well, no, I'm trying to think of when we might actually you get talk that about Hallmark that. Channel money. Uh, so, anyway, but yeah, Home Improvement. Every this is one of those shows that in the show he is a host of a of a show as Tyler's dad referred to it the whole show was called Tool Time yeah and, and my, it's and more my, memorable than Home Improvement my yeah, friend's grandparents would like uh, so many parents and grandparents would be like oh you're watching Tool Time <laughs> that's not the name of the show but sure you just play in your Nintendo with that hedgehog character well, shut up mom and it was like you play Nintendo oh you're watching Bart Simpson <laughs> like it's the Simpsons so I pulled this you're one out you watching just, Bart Simpson yeah. that totally happened yes. just because it's funny so this is an episode where Tim gets a vasectomy Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a thing going on on like I think Hollywood writer comedy writers in the mid nineties were made by their wives to get vasectomies because they all wrote it on their shows. Like I, <laughs> I feel like this was on multiple shows. At least a vasectomy joke. There was an episode of uh, the Dave Barry sitcom starring Dave's Harry Anderson, World, Dave's World, <laughs> where he also got a vasectomy and the like run, time when he's told Excellent. like, well, I'm just gonna put this needle in your scrotum, mm-hmm. and he runs oh. away, and then they have to redo it. And so I don't know if it's their wives. I wonder if they're just like, well, okay, they went to Disneyland. Okay, uh, they bought a monkey. Okay. I think the I feel like our audience wants to know what his balls are doing right now. Yeah, I mean, Let's think about Tim Allen's balls. Also, if you really want really think about if, it. if you want to get dirty stuff onto TV, then they can like do it through this thing. Like we're just talking about medical things, and it lets them do jokes about Dick about jokes, ejaculation all... and shaving your balls, like in this clip. We simply cut off the flow of sperm. Oh boy! To prevent it from entering the seminal stream. Mm-hmm. So I'm fish without bait now. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Why don't you tell us what's involved in the procedure? Yeah, I'm dying to hear this. Ah. Well, the morning of your appointment, you'd have to shave in the area where I'll be making the incisions. Uh, shave? <laughs> Here? It's just a routine procedure. Not in my house, it's not. <laughs> hey, hey, it should be for every man. Shave yeah. your junk, dude. Twenty years ago, the idea, it, like it was, seemed like the most emasculating idea in the world for a man no. to shave their pubes at all. It makes I, everything I more like pleasurable. And hey, guess what, motherfucker? You trim back the bramble, makes you look like you own more property. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Diana, you have an opinion on this. <laughs> I just thought we'd get a little more mileage out of Home Improvement, but no, I guess, I guess I, it's a great Super Nintendo game. And he eventually, oh, yeah, also, wait, not. They, ha- they already had three kids, and their third was they like had a, they a had decent a, age. Yeah. So well, they JTT, have a, why not? They have man? a pregnancy scare early in the episode, and so yeah, then it so was this just, is justified. Damn it! It was a very mature thing, and his his wife, who is uh, she, was very just honest. Like, no, just do it. Yeah, I'm she's not like, look, I'm seventy, and I don't want to wear a diaphragm. I don't remember much of what the actress looks like, but I remember her. No, she she was the she was the hidden ringer on that show. I yeah, think she yeah. did a great job. She was so great setting him up for stuff on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tim. Uh, so Tim eventually decides to get uh, it done because <sighs> the um, one of the toughest guys he knows who runs that like a 
uh, home improvement store that he they frequent all the time. He admits to him that he got a vasectomy, and then and then Tim's not scared of it anymore. Oh, another so, man told me it was okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now now <laughs> it's fine. that lady yeah. doctor. Well, yeah, that whatever. Make any point you want, but I'm not taking a lady's advice in my vasectomy <laughs> ever, <laughs> especially if she went to school for it for yeah, years. And, but as a yeah, man, I'm the yeah. expert on. It my didn't ball. hurt me at all. I took off the gloves. It was awesome. <laughs> Yes, I didn't yeah. study it at all. It's not my discipline. No, I, I have a friend at, in, at home who got a vasectomy and will not shut up about how everybody should do it. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, well, oh, poor guy. You got to spend like one day up to one week with, you know, ice peas on your junk as opposed to women who have to spend every day they, of their lives look, thinking about birth control. But you're not snipping the wires down there. I, look, you have to set up an igloo in your vagina or whatever the hell that E-ring is. Like, <laughs> that's that, I'm fine with that. You don't go snipping the man parts. I'm fuck really, you. I'm really not arguing from my own position. This is a character <laughs> portion of stuff. Circumcision? Um, circumcision? Again, making something look better. Well, yeah, Becker I even. Yeah, but then I like I like Richard Mole. Feeling, yeah. Like I, I we just established this. <laughs> Chris and I had a yeah. circumcision conversation a long time ago about how that we we were circumcised as kids, yep. and it's I regret it because you hear these stories about like my friends you, who aren't your circumcised penis will feel it loses yep. feeling by not having the 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 covering. Yeah, but you're also a baby. I no, gotta no, no. go to I the OB growing every. Up. No, no, no. I mean, growing up, your penis. Yeah, I know, just, but yeah. you also had it done when you were a baby. Yeah, yeah can we have a whole special episode where I talk about what it's like to go to the OBGYN every year? <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. So we'll put the E-ring in when you're a baby. What's the deal, ladies? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. It grows you with you. What the hell is that ring called? I know I'm using the, the wrong ring. The Nuvering? The Nuvering. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, President Clinton signed the 1996 <laughs> telecommunications. This should be the biggest news. Uh, this is big, a big deal. Uh, so yeah, 1996 uh, this week, President Clinton signs the 1996 Telecommunications Act, the first major update to U.S. communications protocol since 1984. 34. That's what I said. I know, but you emphasize that. 34. We had never approached how we dealt with uh, cable, uh, over the air. This is Chris's milk rant for, uh, for me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, like, I was just around when it happened. And, like, I grew up in the Clinton era. What did uh, John Mulaney call him? A magical hillbilly who should be elected or emperor of America? <laughs> yes. uh, like, I, I have a lot of fond memories of Clinton. But in terms of someone who loves media, this is this is an example of Clinton. Why he was successful was to be not very partisan. And this is him actually, in the name of something nice and competition for businesses basically allowed companies to swallow up everything and ruin media as we know it. Yep. Yep. And uh, and part of that was to accommodate for the internet. Because at the same time this week, uh, wait, I think I have it written down there. Uh, in this very same week, IBM announces the creation of internet infrastructure. Microsoft uh, unveils its web division and Apple licenses its operating system to Motorola. Because all of a sudden, right now, the internet is exploding. No one knows what it's going to do or what it's going to be. This but, is the year I got the internet. Yeah, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's totally unregulated and, and where it like, not, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be a super uh, hard, hardcore lefty on this. What is this? It was meant to uh, allow competition in what they called major media business. And when we watch a movie like UHF, which I love and watch a ton of times, you think of the idea, I'm going to start a TV channel. Who the fuck <laughs> would ever say that now? It is not possible. You cannot start a radio station and you cannot start a television channel. When we were younger, in ni- even in 1996, that could have been the case. But now you can not start a YouTube one. channel that gets more viewers. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that happened as a result of that. Yeah, but yeah. this is the death of old media, essentially, right. is what this, this thing did. I mostly just equate this to a clear channel. Yes, yes, that is it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it single-handedly what I noticed and the reason why I ended up reading about it because it ruined radio in one fell swoop in 1996, whereas people could 
could break new artists mm. and play a variety of things. And like every once in a while, the article I read a long time ago was like every once in a while when it's funny, we'll play Sweet Home Alabama. Right. Everybody loves it when they <laughs> hear it like once a week and we'll do it at a certain time in radio stations. I remember like I'd get out of work when I worked at the state in 1995 for DCT when I was in high school. They'd play that song. I don't want to work. I just oh, want to yeah. bang on the... And they play it every Friday at 5 o'clock yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. you got out of work. Yeah. And so, mine, but, mine did uh, working for the weekend. But yeah, but, <laughs> love, but love then they looked at data and like, well, people love this song. We should play it every five minutes uh-huh. on all of our sister stations too. Yeah. And so like, <sighs> so you lost the novelty of those... Th- the weird... I don't, radio mm. had a lot more fun to it back then in terms of its music programming, but it went from like drawing from a constant library of requests into in thousands of songs to I think in a, about 1998... There was a study like every station would never play more than 200 songs, mm. usually never more than 100 mm. uh, during the day. Yeah, I got to experience this firsthand uh, in 99 when I drove across the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm a classic rock fan. Totally. Which means there's always something for me to listen to. Although when I'm on a road trip, country is better. But uh, <laughs> so I'm driving and, you know, here we've got like the bone classic rock. Right. And then you get out of that. One and you start turning the dial and all of a sudden you go the eagle and it's yeah. the same guy it's the same songs yeah. it's like getting into Nebraska now all of a sudden it's you know uh, the the it's tiger the, yeah. <laughs> the, the immediate effect was was ruining radio but it's, I do think a smarter person could write an article about how this thing that Clinton did and definitely ushered in this is part of his regime did ruin everything for a long time like everything. Well, I mean, in terms of what we're talking about, like pop culture, drink, drinking water. I had a um, souffle and it fell because of any, any anything's that not that's not movies, but like in terms of broadcast, the monopoly that Comcast well, and Time Warner get to hold. This yeah. is all done to the Telecommunications Concerts Act of 1996. Were ruined too by this. Mm-hmm. Like that you couldn't, it, you had to be a clear channel. You had to perform a clear channel venues and mm-hmm. stuff. How did it this was hard com- to go? The internet later made it possible for people to go. Yeah, the, the 1934 like, act like uh, discouraged monopolies of radio yeah. stations, and because Clinton signed this in, a company like Clear Channel was allowed to own. I think was it seventy percent of the radio stations yeah, in America. Yeah, how does this connect with the antitrust laws? Where like, and now gigantic mergers are the norm. Yeah. Where AOL yeah. and Time Warner. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it was. I feel like this was the law that uh, weakens some of the thing about like how many media outlets you can yeah. own mm. in one area. And it was media it was it was signed media. in like with fervor because it had built itself as like we're going to deregulate this so anybody can start their own radio station. <laughs> That's not who benefited. No. And like, and within with by the time two thousand five rolled around, whereas like. Again, I'm only falling on like UHF. You've probably seen old movies like we're a struggling television station that never existed anymore. Anymore after that, there were six media companies who controlled everything, and we're but, one of them. No, we are not Laser one time. of them. We're the no. fourth highest. No, Patreon, please. <laughs> we're underneath CW. I'm, star- I'm starving. Uh, also, uh, for music this week, heading to the end of the '90s uh, chunk here. Uh, new albums from Cherry Pop and oh, Daddies, but not the Zoot Suit Riot album. That's no. still to come. Uh, Cherry, I Cherry, already please. hated their music, and your name now is just fucking disgusting. That name is just <laughs> so like here, here and hearing the radio stations who now after this Clear Channel after this 1996 act, all these stations have to be like, and that's the Cherry Pop and Daddies <laughs> with mm. Zoot Suit Riot. It's funny, uh, right? Also, uh, Neil Diamond and 16 Horsepower also had new albums out this week. Ooh. Number one song, still. Mariah oh, Carey and sh- Boyz II oh Men. And, uh, <laughs> uh, however, <laughs> in some uh, other research, I noticed I missed an important news note in the music world from February 4th. Sure. Former Millie Vanilli band member Rob Pilatus is hospitalized when a man hits him over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> 
while Platus was trying to steal the man's car. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. The wheels... Is this the dead Rob? Uh, Fab is still with I us? I think Fab is still with us. Yeah, Rob is the one who... They recorded his... Like, later they recorded... It was one of the first great behind the musics was nice. theirs. And, like, a year later, he had uh, committed suicide. And they had to update the behind the music to be like, oh, and after, a year after he interviewed him, he killed you himself. You said but. suicide like Judah Friedlander's character in American Splendor. <laughs> With, uh, suicide. Because uh, he's a nerd. But so, so uh, you know, I don't know when this will ever come up because Millie Vanilli was so prevalent in the early 90s. And we'll have to do this show for years mm-hmm. to get to that point. So we're going to go ten out. Ten years. We have a finite date. Uh, yeah. With that's all, uh, with a little Millie Vanilli and the only song that matters, blame it on the ring. ships at sea this is diana's classic corner we look even farther back into the past this week and see if there's any movies that are worth watching 75 years ago this week uh 7th february 1941 we got uh, backstreet starring charles boyer and margaret sullivan which is a remake of another movie also called backstreet it's okay it's kind of interesting in that like everyone seems to be okay like it's good they're having an affair everyone's happy about that it's okay. I like Charles Boyer. Uh, P.S. Charles Boyer, if you no idea who he is, which most of you don't, he's what Pepe Le Pew is based on. That's all you need to know. Uh, then, going back 50 years ago this week, uh, 6th of February, 1966, Made in Paris, starring Louis Jordan and Anne Margaret. It's a kind of fashion movie. It's sort of forgettable, but what can't be forgotten is that same week, Mr. Ed went off the air forever. <sighs> have a moment of silence okay that's it see you next week stay classic see this kid hi bobby he's lucky he's got a big mouth a mouth big enough for honeycomb. Biggest pieces in the galaxy. Plus an awesome honey sweet crunch for a giant taste that's part of this good breakfast. Why not give honeycomb a shot? But only if you've got the mouth for it. Big mouth's wanted. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known.
He said the name of the song. <laughs> uh, so bringing us in, 2006 is Green Day's Boulevard of Broken Dreams, which won the Grammy for, really? for uh, Best Record. Uh, I the prior, opposite from Dre- hate Best that Album. It's only because Soccer Mom's only by Green Day's Wuss shit. And like <laughs> I this ca- is, but this is them like so. I really was super into this album, and Green Day is one of those bands I was into totally at a very young age. I was a closet Green Day fan as a uh, independent punk rock scene in Florida where they were not cool because they Certainly were popular, not. but they were fuck that, fuck them. They were still punk rock, and it was still fun. Dookie, what's the other album? Well, uh, before that, Nimrod, is, uh, the f- super fun albums. Well, before that, they started with it's well, it's Sweet Children, and then their Green Day with Thirty Nine Smooth, Kerplunk, and then they moved to the bigger album mm-hmm. or the bigger bigger label with Dookie, Insomniac, in the of Dookie. Nimrod. Hmm? In the middle of Dookie. Well, there's just Dookie on reprise, and that's what yeah, got people so there's, mad. At there's them. Dookie on on Lookout and uh, WB, I think. I don't. Th- and then there was American Idiot. But which, so uh, the, like Nimrod for me was like this. Like I don't really uh, even like Time of Your Life, Good Riddance is like that's fine. Whatever. That's the song. That's the played on every station song. Fine. But the overall just tone and attitude of the songs was just kind of missing. And then they had like international super hits or something, and then they had Warning, which I didn't like at all. The entire album, Warning, the entire album didn't yeah. like. So this was, you know, proposed and advertised as a concept album of like, it's a whole anti-war, anti-Bush, anti-everything that's going on in that scene. But it, it inspired them much. In, I feel the same way that came FDM. This happened where they had a series of kind of like okay albums, and then they finally had a complete reaction to Bush and everything that was going on in the Middle East. <laughs> And that inspired them to make a bunch of music. Really you and the band. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there's that, too. Uh, but, we I don't know, this song, too. looking back ten years, I'm so sick of this song, mm-hmm. I don't want to ever hear it again. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to even stop playing it. it. It sounds like it could be done by any artist, and Green Day did have a unique, especially if, if you're thinking of like mainstream pop, they yeah. had a unique sound that no one else could emulate, and they made a song that sounds like everybody else's music. Yeah, like, I loved American Idiot, I loved Jesus Suburbia, Letter Bomb, there's a lot of great mm-hmm. songs on that album, and I... Despite them it, that getting me back, it's also right when I moved to California. So I was, I probably had it for a few months before moving here. But it was this like great thing to have. Like oh, I'm gonna on my 45 minute drives to the future every day from <laughs> across the 92 bridge. Uh, I can listen to this album. But yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. I'm kind of bored with that album and the band in general at this yep. point. But man, Dookie. And and lower with thirty nine smooth and kerplunk. I that. still love those this albums is the so much. Only time I like hearing you talk about music that you like because it's the only stuff that's not aqua and like poor shit know. happy hardcore. I just talked about mm. KMFDM and Duran Duran, yeah, like my two favorite bands. I know, yeah. wasn't not entirely with those. Uh, also, that well, Grammys. it couldn't be less happy hardcore. I don't know what else to say. Uh, also, that Grammys. I saw that on the list. Of John Legend won Best New Artist, which. He's still okay. around. Normally, a Best New Artist award is kind of, like, cursed. And it's yeah. a person you'll never hear of again. Or it'll be the story of, like, this loser beat Bruce Springsteen for yeah. Best yeah. New Artist or something like that. You know? <laughs> Though they, he Wait, beat, would that be Academy Award winning? Smith? Academy Award winner John Legend? Mm. Oh, oh, that's right. For the song last year, that's, for Selma. That's true. That's right, I forgot. Man, so, so it's not just a clever out. name. That was one of those things where it's just like... If you take if you take out the song awards, there's way fewer black people who have won uh, Oscars <laughs> too. Like they, if it wasn't for that and the uh, you have a problem the, with Three Six Mafia, Three Six Mafia Academy yeah, Award winners, Three Six Mafia, and James Basket, which we will be able to get to in a month or so. Oh boy, yeah. uh-huh. or a little less than a month, yeah. 
Uh, I did, for John Legend, I don't remember what year it came out, but that song "Ready to Go" uh, with Andre 3000. I'm thinking of Republica. That's a great mm-hmm. song. That's my, also a great song. My <laughs> first thought of John Legend is a song on the Colbert Christmas special. Nutmeg. <laughs> my uh, we also oh, had in here. I think that uh, was the first time I, I connected uh, the the name with with the sound. Uh, oh, I miss it. Oh, I have to watch that again. Colbert uh, Christmas special also, uh, was best. Irv. So for Grammys was uh, how, U2 had a dismantle an atomic bomb for best album. Mm-hmm. And I bought this album and it's not their best album. What? It's not their best album. <laughs> not, not by a long shot. It's like fourth. Is this the one with like elevation Fifth, on maybe. it or is it, that's after this? That's, 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 that's this one. So. I think that's this one. I remember my friend Trent moving in with me for like a day, and we just yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so hot and we bought an oscillating fan and he, we just both couldn't stop doing Oscillation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Elevation was uh, their 2001 album or oh, whatever. The, the, the post discotheque oh, album. Yes. Right. And yeah, we're not going to change that much. We decided the, not to. Whatever the album is with, like, Beautiful Day, Stuck in a Moment You That's Can't Get Out one. Of. Uh, crap. And that, I can't remember this one, the it's, name. It's, it's, it's in here. It's one best song. No, that's... Stuck in a moon. That's You Can't Make It On Your Own. No, god damn it, you two. So my <laughs> dyslexia got the best of me. Uh, number one song this week coming in on 2006 is still Check On It from the Pink Panther movie, <laughs> uh, which we talked about briefly last week in the sense that none of us remember it. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about Pink Panther a little later. But for TV this week, whole bad. Whole bad. Uh, oh boy. We were going to talk about one show, but it'll come up again. But gotcha. important thing that happened this week is Arrested Development is over. Yeah. Was that was yeah. Arrested Development. So this show. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son I was kind of hoping he had no choice to keep but them all it's together. This was um, this, but this was in, in terms of that theme song, and I talk about it all the time on other shows. But uh, the first big switch to a show that knew it was being downloaded on the internet with fervor, and the theme song is 16 seconds long. Yeah. At this point, tell, like King of Queens was up. My eyes are getting weary, <laughs> hands are getting tight. Like, well, yeah, it was, no one has time yeah. for that shit. <laughs> Just get to your show. Fringe was the lost in lost was the lost. first show that really got like, me like oh damn yeah. yeah yeah no theme song four seconds lost. no there's uh, a sound and it's like three seconds no, no but Arrested Development was a critical darling it was one of those shows that I got into just from hearing about first that it was very funny and second that that people probably won't like it and it'll be canceled in thirteen episodes yeah. and it was yeah. always on the bubble of being canceled it got a full twenty two episode season. Then Again, the sec- it's all Fox's fault, yeah. but couldn't have succeeded for as long as it did. Yeah, on any it was network Fox's fault Fox. for canceling it, yeah. but it was Fox's ability to keep it on for three years. So, having nothing. And- so yeah, they did yeah. They did 22 of the first season. Then the second season, they got renewed for 22, and then they just canceled 18. it to be like, you're just getting 18. And then the third season Oosh. is only 13. Mm-hmm. And this... So they did an episode in January called Save Our Bluths, which was... That is so their, funny. Their hardcore attempt, like, we got to get renewed, save us. It's the most oh, mid-episode right. they, they ever do, did. Do you think the Home Builders organization is going to help us? I don't think the HBO is going to want us. I, th- I think it's showtime. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, then they have, like, the 3D moments. Yeah, and, then they, oh God. and then they also... It was such a great comment on the show because people always complain the show, Arrested Development, is about 
a bunch of selfish monsters who are rich yeah. and nobody yeah. and unlikable and that's what I love about the show but they always try to soften them and this episode that episode SOBs is the best one because they try like, <laughs> Save our boots. like oh um, Lindsay is going to be cooking now and she'll do chicken hot water yeah, hot which, which water, is yeah. the, I think at this point in the series the first time she had a scene with Buster Bluth they did not have a scene God together and I was on message boards compl- yelling about the show like every other fan it's like you know, Lindsay and Buster have like never had a scene with one another. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because there's so much to say about a show in, in any movie in any show, and there's mm-hmm. so many movies and shows that get this wrong where there you can have a cast of awful people and yeah. that's fine, but there has to be a protagonist that's likable typically. Sometimes. So someone so much for you to empathize with and agree with how awful all the other characters are. But what about Seinfeld and Always Sunny in Philadelphia? But like well, Always Sunny <laughs> I, I can't quite get into, but like Seinfeld like Seinfeld himself is at least pleasant and tricks you into thinking he's good, guess, yeah. but he's yeah. really not. Yeah. Whereas this show Everyone is awful, yeah. and that's and it works in such. A, it, but for some reason, yeah. it never triggered that with me. Where I'm like, this is great watching yeah. them. I think it's because they're all awful to each other. Yeah, yeah. They well, don't I let would, it seep I out. I would say that Michael Bluth is the least awful, but he's not good. But, but he's not good. The more, it's, it's the George longer, Michael. The, the longer the show goes on, the more time he spends with his family, the more no, awful the, the third, he becomes. The third season, and especially the fourth season on Netflix, explores how awful yeah. Michael yeah, is. he's not a good person. Uh, this he's is as still selfish as any of My them. favorite, uh, we found a soundboard, and uh, <laughs> bear with us if you don't like the show, because stra- buckle in. Look, if, if you haven't watched the show, I will say, it. I, I didn't watch it, I think, for the first season. I picked it up in the second season, and my big problem was... It felt like jumping onto a moving train uh, because yeah. there's already been a lot of plot. There's already a lot yeah. of callbacks. There's a lot of characters. There's even flashbacks they, constantly yeah. not to show you a flashback yeah. to let you know what has happened in the last right. couple episodes. And even though they explain who all the characters are at the beginning, it's like yeah. it still took me a little while to catch up. And, and then even the post credits things are like next time, and it's like these don't matter. <laughs> yeah. But well, then until occasionally, they do. And until they do, until somebody <laughs> loses a hand, and it's <laughs> yes. yeah. When that happened, I was like, oh, that's funny. And the next episode, he shows up with a hook, and I'm like, that mattered. <laughs> Uh, Daddy horny Michael uh, <laughs> I mean, We can just say Arrested Development lines All the time uh, uh, I want to hear The soundboards That is not how Chicken sounds Chickens don't clap <laughs> And you told me That I quote This line I love this line When you were Given the box set This was your big takeaway when you <laughs> no, came I back don't remember This at all Beads Bees Beads Beads Job's not on board. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. Now? This this is what you Jeez. came back because you only will watch TV shows recommended by your dear friends. Yeah. When you leave for when you leave everybody and go I watch sleep these, and you're I, gone with the wind room. I watched these house. on a PS2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that I mean everybody's amazing on the show. It's one of the best casts ever. Yeah. I came to it in season one. Oh, that's the other reason I watched it from episode one. David Cross. I yeah. was just David ready Cross. anything. And Jeffrey yeah. Tambor. Off of, fresh off of like Larry Sanders show. Yeah. One yeah. of the greatest shows ever. Yeah. They were, they were fresh, the ends but... to it, but like Will Arnett was my yeah. favorite. Dude. He's, he's uh, Speaking of Will Arnett. My $3,000 suit. Come on. Okay. <laughs> the guy in the, the $4,000 suit is holding the elevator, but the guy doesn't make that in three months. Come on. <laughs> Why don't I just take a whiz through this $5,000 suit? Come on. <laughs> no, well. I want to spill booze all over my f***ing $6,300 suit. Come on. Okay, Come on. okay, okay. So should you... 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 Should you...
If you've man. seen the show, you are laughing uproariously. Uh, it's all on Netflix. It's, I mean, that bit, that bit there, that whole bit where he was the boss of the company was so oh. great because it was oh, yeah. that was about George W. Bush yes. like that bit there was that he was the idiot the third installed. season he's George W. Bush yeah <laughs> then that's what I mean he even has Job has a mission accomplished sign yep. behind him a solid right. like a rock like a rock <laughs> is his theme song it is very it is very mid 2000s too like it was yeah. it was a current show and are you seeing like the, 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 I, I only see Geico commercials because I watch things on the internet and that's the only advertiser <laughs> yeah. they can find uh, if you're if you like Countdown, Geo Europe, it's what you do. I'm like, please stop this. But <laughs> Europe was reintroduced to people through Arrested Development. It was Job's magician oh, theme final song, countdown. The Final Countdown. Yes. Illusions. Illusions. Oh, man. And Tricks this... are something a whore does for money. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this amazing cameo slash, I think I like this character, this guy again. I was wondering if maybe tonight you just want to uh, take in a movie or a spitz. Or, or just stay in and nest. <laughs> Actually, I was going to stay in my office tonight and work on my law blog. Of course. The blah, 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 blah. <laughs> wow. You, sir, are a mouthful. <laughs> David, oh, David Tobias, so you blow hard. Yeah, uh, you really should think about recording what you say. <laughs> I just want to kiss him right between his big cheeks. And, and uh, whole, like, I want to kiss that man between the cheeks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like, I can only have two beings. Like, <laughs> and so there was, like, this show never got any ratings, but, like, there were two things that it was notable for. Uh, one, it's, it, this is kind of the rise of everybody having a DVD player. And the DVDs fucking killed. Yeah. Every year, I opened up... We had do a show called Talking Simpsons. I was capturing something. Open up my four-season Simpsons DVD. Out falls a leaflet. Guys, we have Buffy, Mary Tyler Moore, an entire page of Arrested Development. Because that's what Fox is selling on mm. DVD. It's leading the charge. So they, they couldn't cancel the show because, like, this is making us a crazy amount of money everywhere but with commercials when they air. And uh, I fucking love Portia and, de, Ros, de Rossi uh, in this. Just, so good. Yeah. The ongoing joke of how disgusting Maybe's birth was when they <laughs> blurred those pictures. <laughs> And so, and part, and also part of it was was awesome. Every year, like there would be that those watchdog groups, like the worst shows on television. It's Family Guy and this other show that's filthy. And then like Arrested Development, and like I remember reading blogs like we don't even know that anybody's paying attention. We don't have ratings. <laughs> but then when a watchdog groups picks up on a now rapist. As, oh, as, yeah, a, as a yeah. joke that, how did you get this on the air like yeah, yeah this show is gross and should be cancelled like somebody's watching yeah. this is so good <laughs> and then the whole third season is one of the weirdest because there's the Job takes over the thing but there's also Mr. F whoa man with, with all the <laughs> bass John Cena the fuck out for a second Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Right. Uh, but, 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 like, what season. is that? That's the second season? I think so. No, that's season three because it's so F weird. Is related to Little London in LA, yeah. which they Little... just make up. And Charlize Theron in her amazing guest appearance, which is such a, like, low level joke. Like, that's something, too, that they, they built in a million things. And a ton of stuff they still didn't even pay off, even in the comeback season. Yeah. Like, for mm -hmm. one thing. Tobias is all on top of all the other things about him. He isn't uh, a black albino. Like he's African American. <laughs> that is when he says when he's talking. I don't about, want none of your tired ass country club, you freak bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's not easy, Franklin. Yeah, but no, no that, that is Tobias. Like there are dozens of us. Dozens. 
<laughs> that, that that's when Tobias says, "Oh, I'm I'm surprised she picked out my type about uh, Ice the Bounty Hunter." He really means black men and that like him, and so that also explains why maybe has kinky hair, even though her mother is the blonde, you know, Aryan beauty. The, the, mm. the same way I was able to rediscover The Simpsons through VHSs and recordings of like, there's all these jokes and references you miss. Mm. My yep. my favorite being the second season. Like uh, Henry, it's it's produced by Ron Howard's company. Ron Howard is the narrator. Also, eventually plays himself. Yeah, uh, it was on the show Happy Days with Fonzie, and he's a fucking character on the show. He's a lawyer, and he's like, I got Buster's hands got bitten off by a Lucille. Lucille is also the name of his mother. And then yeah. Henry Winkler jumps over a shark. Yeah, the Fonz jumps the shark. The, <laughs> the term "jump a, the shark" comes from the Happy Days where Fonz yeah, did that. To get a burger, chicken, and it's bits. And it goes right into Carl Weathers saying, Carl Weathers? <laughs> we got to make more money by doing sponsorships. Where are we now? At Burger King. It's a wonderful restaurant. <laughs> a wonderful- it it oh, sure is. Oh, and, then, and the narrator says, it sure, sure is. is. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So the, the episodes that aired this so week, good. it was four episodes because Save Our Blues didn't work. They knew that was their last episode yeah. to prove to Fox they could get the ratings. Didn't work out. So there were just four more episodes left that kind of wrapped up. It, it did leave things on sort of a cliffhanger as Arrested Development always I does. I thought they did a pretty good job of wrapping up a lot of things, yeah. though. It yeah. cleared it cleared the family's name in Iraq. It gave you all the answers there. It got the dad out of jail. It told you that maybe... Or, sorry, the rape that, room looks just like our den. <laughs> God. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and, the, and Michael and George Michael finally took to the sea. Yeah. And the, <laughs> like, they that's still, your answer to everything. They still haven't gone to Legoland though, but uh, and and that they set up that um, Portia de Rossi is not Lindsay is not related to them, which then may, yeah. maybe not related either. And then that the, like that was when they they went as far as they could. I thought one of the farthest jokes they ever did was like when Lindsay's just saying to like she comes on to Michael like let's just yeah. do it. And I was like, oh, that was so Whoa! creepy, yeah, so creepy. Yeah. And they just they just finally I think last year released the soundtrack because the show mm-hmm. had like. Beautiful sound cues that were made sp- exclusively for the show. Uh, b- <laughs> hey, just sit in your cousin's lap. Oh, it looks like the road's gonna be bumpy. What <laughs> you trying to say? And like that, they made that song for the show, and it's used in every situation where someone's about to get an erection. <laughs> it, it's like it's so good. Well, they like, did the like sad yeah. Snoopy song. Well, good like, grief! Oh, good grief! Good great episode. The best also, episode. Yeah. Yeah. one of the great recurring lines. And second of I know you're the big marriage expert. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. Your wife is dead. <laughs> made a huge mistake. I walked on my pillow. That was supposed to be. <laughs> that was supposed to be uh, the huge mistake thing, but it was sandwiched in between. This, 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 this video is ten minutes long. There's always money, money. in the banana stand. No touching. No touching. No touching. No touching. More touching. <laughs> I want the respect of your son. This is why people hate hospitals. I can't breathe that. Neither can I. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see the show, all of that is super important. And what I, I love slash hate about the show, all of its catchphrases are impossible to understand. Yeah. Come on! Yeah. Her? Yeah. Uh, her? Her? Hey, her? I made uh, a huge mistake. No touching. And so then I blew myself. <laughs> it took them. It took them eight years to get a season four. They like they were talking about season four for eight freaking years, and then they finally get to do it with Netflix. And 
they did their best to hide the fact that nobody could be around each other mm-hmm. because of just availability. No, Will, Will Arnett was on an NBC sitcom with 20 <laughs> episodes a year and still was able to find time weirdly. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, Buster isn't the least because he yeah. was filming HBO Veep. Veep at the same time. His episode wow. is one of the best of the four seasons. It is the best mm-hmm. episode, I think. And then, and then that ended with a cliffhanger of a murder mystery, yeah. which hopefully will be season five. What's, what's her name? Gay icon? Eliza Minnelli. Eliza Minnelli. Has the She's best so guest good. stars. And like it's a comedy nerd's dream. Like Everybody from UCB was on there. Mm-hmm. It's also like a Fantastic Four making fun of trying, <laughs> to, get a, trying to get a movie made. Dude, so good. Uh, Eliza Minnelli also had one of my... She had a great joke about New York, New York being not stolen from her, but she originated that song as a performer, and then Frank Sinatra became the famous one for it. And so... One of my writers stole it from your writer, it's fair. She was taken to, like... She's taken to the Queen Mary by uh, by Buster, and then she says... She's talking to him, like, don't you have somebody who makes your heart sing? I, I guess what I'm trying to say, and in the background the whole time is the New York, New York theme, like, dun, dun, dun. And you think, she's going to sing it. Liza Minnelli's going to sing New York, New York. And then smash cut to David Cross singing, <laughs> start spreading the news. <laughs> yeah, I never picked up on and that. And then yeah. she says... Ugh, everybody thinks they're Frank Sinatra. Like yeah. boom, like wow. little, little yeah. jokes like that. There's a million to be sound. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that drives me crazy about the fourth season sure. was several years ago we did the gayest episode yeah. ever on Laser Time. We talked yeah. about old timey gay folks and old timey Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We recorded that the same day that the fourth season broke, so yes. we didn't get a chance to talk about George Maharis. Which is one of the most obscure jokes I have ever seen in my so, life. So George Michael is fake set up setting up an app and changes his name to George Maharis. I don't know what this joke is, Diana. No, the the joke is that uh, George Michael doesn't want to go by George Michael Bluth anymore because George Michael is synonymous with gay sex in bathrooms, and mm-hmm. so a bunch of complicated things happen. Maybe Miss Miss says Harris as Harris, and he ends up changing his name to George Maharis. George Maharis was an actor on the TV show Route 66 in the 60s who was also caught having se- gay sex in a bathroom. Wow. Holy shit. So, oh, my God. Holy that shit. I never knew that. Crazy. We could do an entire episode about arrest development. But anyway, the yeah, we should, development we arrested aired 10 years ago this week. Man. So it, uh, here's open for season five. Season five, like, season four is like two, almost two years old. They, they say they're committed to doing more. And, everyone, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like Every one of the cast loves... Like the fandom that's come from the show, there's no one who doesn't like it. They were, remember, there was that time where uh, uh, Michael Sarah is a rising star and he hates Arrested Development. He was actively working with Mitch Hurwitz to create a <laughs> fake persona with himself yeah. in interviews to pretend he hated Arrested Development, which he does not. <laughs> it's this show is so great. Everything about it is yeah. great. Well, uh, so burning through the rest, we don't have much else to harp on for 2006 because everything but Arrested Development. Yeah, kind of. Right. Go watch it if you haven't. I'm feeling it right now. Uh, for games, we're we're finally into a point where games actually come out again in 2006. Uh, it weird. Alpha Three Max for PSP came out this week, <laughs> even though because that's ten, a PSP exclusive. Still. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because then ten years earlier was Alpha One, which was interesting. In that. The, the Capcom February. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Capcom, there's also Resident Evil Deadly Silence, which I reviewed and gave a six because. Don't so, li- I miss when people call things a DS uh, name. Yeah. Which is the silence. end of Brett's history with the 
Resident Evil at this point. Yeah, I didn't do anything else with that brand. Uh, but yeah, I just was never. I I never. I struggled to ever like the the PS One RE, and like I I got it the week it came out. I was there in nineteen ninety six. The from, director's cut of the remake, which we'll talk about in a mere months because the twentieth anniversary oh, okay. of Resident Evil is coming up. So, oh boy. But the DS One, I was just like, man, there's too many things about this that have aged so poorly, and I don't like it. And the GameCube one was so much better. Not that this should have been that. It's just it was just not something I get into. But I also drilled dozer on the Game Boy Advance, great, which had a little rumble thing built into yeah. it, and it's from so Game Freak. Yep, the Pokemon people. I because it's now on the eShop. I finally sold my boxed copy of it on eBay recently. Just for how much? Yeah, uh, twenty. 20 20? See, that's why the Patreon is still a thing, people. Patreon.com. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I remember liking it, and I, I reviewed it, and, and it was one of my early oh, memories yeah. of like sitting at the office at uh, at Games Radar, sitting there reviewing a game that hadn't come out yet. And the site still wasn't live yet. It wouldn't be live uh, next month. We'll probably actually talk about it. 10 years ago was Games Radar launching. Uh, and I was the only one, me and Michael and I were the only ones there at the time. Uh, Diana, by association. By association. <laughs> Waiting you, for me to you, come You'll home. have anecdotes, surely. Lots of cold dinners. <laughs> uh, the beginning of him coming home at 11 p.m. every day. Uh, but also out around the same time. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> Of uh, this was when we were like reviewing games, trying to like get ahead so that when the site launched, we would have. So I reviewed Deadly Silence, Drill Dozer. I think Michael reviewed Alpha Three, and then I also reviewed the other game on this, mm-hmm. which is the Rub Rabbits, huh? The Sega uh, weird like rub game that was a sequel to uh, Feel the Magic XX XXXY, and it's yeah. like a bunch of like iPod silhouette people that you do weird mini games with. For dates and stuff? For, like, dates. Yeah. It's a weird game. I and mean, Feel the Magic was an accidental success. Yeah. Like, it was not planned to be anything, and it's not a deep game either. So for them to make the sequel is even stranger, I'd Yeah, say. and I reviewed this, but, like, as you can tell, it was ten years ago, so I have no memory of this at all. But, uh, movies for 2006. Okay. Uh, when a Stranger Calls is number one, because last week we talked about the remake of the uh, 70s movie? Right. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but out this week is Curious George. <laughs> Same production company as Arrested Development. Yeah, so Henry recently wrote an article about animated grudges that links back to an article I wrote about product placement in animated movies. Mm-hmm. And I literally, we were able to get a, a seven list out of it because that's the only time it's happened. <laughs> and like that Curious George has constant product placement from A, the U.S. post office, and B, Volkswagen, including a pickup truck which Volkswagen hasn't manufactured since World War II. Wow. And never in America, but Will Ferrell's man in the yellow hat drives a Volkswagen pickup because the whole time. Because for plot purposes, it has to be a it pickup truck. It has to truck. be a pickup. Yeah. Huh. Uh, never saw it. Yep. LaserTimePodcast.com, just saying, plug in my articles. Uh, Final Destination 3, mm, yeah. which sure. I saw the first one and maybe the second one. Is this I the one in the theme park? I don't I think it's I know. the theme park. Or is it the one with the logs? This is the one where they go camping. Uh, I'm just making that up and no one's going to correct me. So if you don't remember, like anyone listening will know the bit, but Final Destination was the... Death becomes persona like yeah. uh, a poltergeist thing that death, some, death has someone the cheats Kruger, an invisible death. Character. Yeah, someone cheats death, and then death spends the rest of the episode, the rest Vengeance. of the movie, Episodes killing people. Yeah, killing people in hilariously improbable yeah. ways. Yeah. It's a B movie that shows off death special effects. Like that's yeah. all it is, and that's and the fine. first the that's first fine. one was great because it was just like what a fun thing. It's kind of like Saw or yeah. any of these other movies that get seven sequels where you're like, sure. well, now I don't care. Anyway, uh, Firewall, which I think is a Harrison Ford, so, uh, Ryan Harrison Phillip. Ford, yeah, him and uh, Ryan Philippi, Harrison Ford yes. at their grump. If Harrison Ford is grumpiest, 
And Ryan Phillippe, like, is he even a thing now? Like, I remember him being on Daily Show for this to come out and talk about <laughs> coming to He cheated on Reese Witherspoon, and the world decided to not like him anymore. Oh. I'm on, hey, if I got to pick between the two of them, uh, I'm on her side. Yeah, yeah. no. Way of the gun. It's great. <laughs> Uh, Legally Blonde's better than that. Nope. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Pink Panther. Oof. Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin continues Boo. his dig to China. Oh, man. Modern art is expensive, and he's got to buy a lot. My, is my favorite. Like, there's a... Billy uh, Crudup said it. There, it, well, it, was, it was John Cleese. Oh, it was John He's Cleese like, said. what you need to look for is the movies that Steve Martin writes. Mm-hmm. Everything else... You must see his art collection. It's so good. It is so good. Oh, but this one, it's like it got delayed a whole bunch. Yep. It was supposed to be like six months earlier. Then they dump, they push it back and dump it into February. So you know it's going to be garbage. And then it made Huge money. Huge success. Made Huge success. Money, and, and they I made a second one, didn't they? Betrayed. They did. But, but that, that, that actually, the second one is the end of Steve Martin. Because, <laughs> because like as a huge Steve Martin fan, grew up loving the jerk and man with two brains in L.A. story, he died in the mid-90s, had a resurrection mm-hmm. with like weird bringing down the house. Right. Maybe Cheaper we'll talk about it someday. Cheaper by the dozen. Cheaper by the dozen. Right. And like Just became, trash. Became a triple-A star again. I and the Bride was a good movie in the 90s for him. It's That's, one that of the worst the movies of all one. time. No, it's, uh, it's terrible. It's, Him and Martin Short doing stuff can never be awful. It's great. Like, yeah. That shit is great. But uh, but that Steve Martin, I remember, like, I'm a huge fan of his. He's fallen. He's in the movie Novocaine try, uh, that's rated R where he's fucking uh, Helen Bottom Carter trying to get his name back out there. Mixed oh, nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a bunch of terrible stuff yeah. that he doesn't write. When he writes something, it's always good. Always. Shop Girl was good. The book is good. Yeah, Pleasure so My so Company is, this, is great. I read that book. Is um, the panther in this or is it just him no, as it's the, the goal? Pan- it's, yeah, it's no, him the, as panther Peter is, the panther is the stone. Yeah. Yeah. Panther I is mean, a giant the, pink diamond. Okay. The, the character is animated in the opening, I'm sure. Okay. Like yeah. that, and it's got that Beyonce song in it. But yeah, that, it's shocking them in that movie. Like, oh, also the Cato character is played by uh, Jean Reno. Jean Reno, an actual is... French person, has to stand there and listen yeah. to some American go. And that's like. But I, the, I also, I Kevin said Klein that, is in that movie and would have been a better. I don't know what happened to Kevin Klein, but I, I miss don't him. either. He's the best. Uh, but this, I say that about Steve Martin. This he was attached to this movie, and then I think my opinion. I don't know this was so displeased with it he offered to rewrite it so he is credited as a writer on both wow. the Pink Panther hmm. films well, but I do not think he would have bothered to write those on his own well Bill Murray admitted to doing the same on the first Garfield that he was just handed he's like I'm taking easy money Garfield they handed him the script he's like this sucks this is terrible. I'm just I'm gonna whatever I make up right now is gonna be better than this script so <laughs> I'm just doing it guys do we do we need to watch both Garfield movies um, I feel like I should for Poopo no. A Tale of Two Kitties yeah oh damn oh. nope uh, I really I think I need to nope. it's not the worst life I mean we're poor but at least we get to watch the two Garfield movies <laughs> During our nine to five, somebody's got to buy them. Uh, do it. Nope. That's the end of the show. Uh, thank God. Uh, this has been thirty twenty ten. So you can find it on iTunes, and you can find it on lazytimepodcast.com. Uh, thank you for all rating, reviewing, and all that good stuff on iTunes. You can also listen to VG Empire, my game music sure. podcast. We recently, finally did an episode about Splatoon, mm-hmm. which was uh, one of the best uh, twenty fifteen soundtracks, uh, and also did a show Paper about Jam. about Mario and Luigi Paper Jam and the other Mario uh, RPGs. Uh, since that came out recently as well, we also have seven dozen other shows. Yeah, <laughs> Laser Time, which is a pop culture show on one topic. I don't know what it is this week, uh, but uh, Talking Simpsons, and I really want to plug 
302010. Oh, I'm on that show. <laughs> I should go to bed. <laughs> Talking Simpsons is the greatest, though. It's the uh, chronological exploration of every episode of The Simpsons. We're getting close to the end of season two. Have fun coming along with us for that. Also, uh, patreon.com slash laser time is the home to a bunch of awesome extras that, uh, like this show, were made possible by your friendly donations. And thank you. And of thank course, you. there's my comic book podcast, Cape Crisis. Listen to it, babies. And cheap podcast. And let's hear from the Video Game Apocalypse widow. Hi, I'm a Video Game Apocalypse widow. <laughs> it's why I don't see Michael at all Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday evenings because he's either recording or editing the show for you. I teach him a better way to edit. Jesus. Mm. Got to be meticulous, man. He is meticulous. Uh, moving on into the new the segment we do at the end of every show. Mm-hmm. Uh, birthdays. Uh, in this time period, uh, we had Jennifer Aniston, Brandy, Sarah Palin, and Jeb Bush have the same birthday, by the way. No way. Sarah Palin and Jeb Bush, birthday buddies, along with Burt Reynolds, Sheryl Crow, Leslie Nielsen, Bobby Brown. Eclectic <laughs> uh, birthday week. Yeah, well, yeah, the week. Yeah, uh, Tony Jaw, Laura Linney, Yay. Chris Rock, and Cabin in the Woods star Anna Hutchinson was born this week. Wow! Wow! Uh, for like that? her life. Ninety six. <laughs> I don't know. I always try to find someone no who was actually born this week because we're getting into that. We're old enough now that yeah. notable stars will have been. Notable. I look forward to Miley Cyrus's birthday on one of these. So. Uh, now for the quiz. I can do. <laughs> Fucking song. Can't hear it. <laughs> Born February seventh, nineteen sixty two. Sixty two. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, atten- attended Oklahoma State University, where he threw the javelin. He would go on to be named Bruce Recording Bruce. Artist of the Century. But, Brooks. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I said Bruce Willis, knowing full well he has. We share a birthday. I know he's the only one. I know, I know who's uh, He also married Trisha Yearwood, which was the other note I had in there. Really? Was that like a se- seventh wife? Fifth uh, wife. I don't, I, you know, I don't keep you? up with Garth Brooks's wiener. <laughs> uh, but yeah, born yeah. on February 7th, You're 19th. not on that RSS feed or yeah. the newsletter? You don't have friends in low places? I, I could be now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's why taking us out, uh, thank you... Uh, fuck is his name? Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks. Thank you, Garth <laughs> I totally blanked. Uh, it's that birthday song, man. Uh, Garth Brooks... Chris, you and I keep talking about standing outside the fire. Outside I don't know when, fire. if we'll ever get to this for real, so taking us out is the least amount I can play of this before what I'm sure is a very aggressive bot trolling all of iTunes trying to find any Garth Brooks money to steal. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. See you next week. They're so hell-bent on giving, walking a wire. Convinced it's not living if you stand outside the fire. Standing outside the bar Standing outside the bar Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the bar